When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as SheCup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You might also know me as SheCup and I'm super excited to be here today. And I'm joined with my co-host. I am Austin, also known as Teacup. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about the instruments of the first will, which is Juno's faction in the Assassin's Creed universe. So you could kind of call this episode a Juno part two, kind of, but branching out to her influence in the world. Interesting. So when you just talk about Juno, it's interesting to me that she has followers today. Yes, she does. And we'll get into kind of why she has followers a little bit. Not a lot, but we'll get into a lot of while she has followers to the present-ish time. Okay, well, let's get into it. All right, well, let's go. So just a little bit of an overview. Um, The instruments of the first will are a secret polytheistic religious group that worships the Isu as deities. And so while not always leading the group, a sage, particularly an Isu sage of Aida, would have a prominent role in the organization. The instruments would draw members and resources from both of the assassins and the Templars. Their primary goal was to resurrect the Isu and allow them to rule the world. So that's just kind of their overview of who they are and what their goal is. And so we're going to For the next little bit, we're going to kind of just go into their history and their involvement in the universe, and then we will kind of talk about their beliefs a little bit at the end. So we're kind of getting into their history and involvement, and I will say that this majority of content comes from the comics. So if you have not read the comics and you want to read the comics, this might be a later episode that you come to, but a lot of what happens with the instruments of the first wills will happens in the comics. So this is your warning that if you don't want to be spoiled for those storylines, come back to this episode after you've read those comics. And if you're a person like me who doesn't particularly care about comics, you can go ahead and listen. Yeah. So like everything in the Assassin's Creed universe, the exact origins of the instruments is unknown. Well, not, However, not everything. 
I mean, we know how the hidden ones got started. That's true. That is very true. But uh, yeah, everything else. <laughs> yes. Uh, the ex- so the exact origins are unknown. However, during Project Anthropos, it was understood that humanity would be created as instruments of the Isu's will. So this is probably where they get that kind of name from, of instruments of the first will. And we do know from our episode last week and from sources within the universe that Juno had begun gathering followers of her own even before the great catastrophe. So the real first notice of this outside group that we can kind of see that like they're an outside group that's different from the Assassins and Templars happens in about 2016 uh, when former Templar Sebastian Moore noted that a secret cult was within the Templar organization. Sean Hastings theorized that there may be a connect between the instruments of the first will and the order of ancients. Sean put forth that the instruments are a more accurate successor to the order of ancients than the Templars are. That's really interesting. I already see that connection, like from what little we've already talked about. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's a fair point and we'll talk about this. We'll get save this for the beliefs section, but after Alfred, the Templars do not regard the Isu as like beings to be venerated or worshipped. Right. And like this gets into what we were talking about either last episode or a couple episodes ago where like they don't revere the Isu who held the titles of uh, father of understanding, sacred voice, mother of wisdom. Like they have taken those titles for themselves. So it's almost like they've surpassed the Isu in their mind. Correct. So that's all we kind of know about a little bit of their origins. So we know roughly the order of ancients ends around the 10th 10th century uh, CE. And so maybe the instruments of the first will offshoot are people who, when Alfred makes his decree about the Templars, say, we're not going to follow you because you're not believing what we believe and they offshoot. And that's the start of the instruments of the first will. So like I was saying, they are maybe sometime around Alfred's decree is when the instruments of the first will actually start. However, it's going to be a long time before we as a player or we as someone who's engaged in the universe actually see mention of the instrument of the first will. And the first one we see is in World War I in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, a little anomaly in the Animus that Juno sends the initiate on to World War I from mid-19th century England. And so there was a nurse who was a member of the cult, and she was taking soldiers' blood in strange-looking cubes for an unknown purpose. Now, Shelby, you have not played Assassin's Creed Black Flag. So this is a tiny spoiler, but those of us who have would recognize this as strange-looking cubes that take blood as the cubes that are used 
uh, for the observatory, which is a which is a piece of Eden device that when when this little cube crystal is placed in and contains the blood of an individual, it can allow you to see the world through their eyes. So it's like an ultimate spy tool. That's very interesting. That also, like, now that you say that, very much reminds me of the pensive from Harry Potter. That's the right word for it, right? Yeah, similar, similar effect, except in this, like, you're seeing real time. Whereas the pensive is memories. Pensive and animus are actually, now that you say that, the pensive and animus are pretty close in design. Uh, And so... There was also a spy in the Tower of London who was announcing fanatic theories about the Assassin's Brotherhood. Lydia Fry, who is the grandchild of one of the Fry twins, I cannot remember off the top of my head. I believe it's Jacob Fry, but don't quote me on that. Would end up assassinating both of these members of the instruments on the orders of Winston Churchill, who we know at some point is the Templar. This led to the master spy being rooted out. Uh, In the last fight, he kept screaming about his beloved, suggesting to us as the player that he is a sage of Aida, though that is not confirmed. I'll be honest, that seems like a little bit of a stretch. Not altogether. I am very much like giving a brief summary of the events of this particular memory but in the memory like the way he's screaming about it is similar to how we've seen other sages behave all right well i guess i'll just have to wait till i get there huh wait till you get there yes you'll just have to take my word for it and then you can decide if it's a stretch or not when you get there i will keep you updated yes which a little off topic but for those of you because we have stopped doing this she's in Assassin's Creed Revelation. So depending on how fast she gets through the other games, she might be in Syndicate soon. I don't think I'll be in Syndicate soon. A Black Flag soon, yeah, because I'm almost done with Revelations and I'll be moving on to three, probably here in the next week or less. Yeah, well, we'll see. Black Flag will take a while, but Unity. I think you'll run through Unity and Syndicate pretty quickly. Okay, I'll keep it moving. All right, so around 2013, this is the instruments kind of go out of history. We don't really see them again in the timeline. John Standish, who we talked about last episode, who is an Isu sage, infiltrates Abstergo Entertainment. He spreads the instruments manifesto through hidden QR codes that employees can scan that are on like sticky notes, which is interesting to me, but seems like a very like not sustainable way to distribute your manifesto. Like sticky note is pretty easily disposable. Or lost. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. But so he spreads the manifesto via uh, hidden QR codes. He hey, convinces- so I am confused. You said sticky notes, but it's actually QR codes. It's QR codes on a sticky note. Oh, so he printed them on a sticky note. I, I Did he guess. draw them on a sticky note? Because those I, are two different things. Right. I mean, they're called sticky notes in the game when you go through and try to collect them. 
but I don't know if they're actually sticky notes. I'd have to go back into Assassin's Creed Black Flag and see. But so you'll tell us in a week. Okay. Uh, but he convinces the analyst, who is the protagonist, the modern day protagonist of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, to hack the servers and distribute Templar info to the assassins. Well, eventually Abstergo gets wind of this hacking and they decide to shut down, like not really shut down the Subject 17 or Project 17, but they isolate the analysts into private rooms so that they can't move about. And eventually John Standish gets you out of your room and you have to hack into the servers. It is revealed that he's doing this so Juno can inhabit your body and Juno doesn't because she's too weak to do that. We talked a little bit about that last week, but that's really what happens when they infiltrate Abstergo. And this is also where Juno instructs her children to construct her a body, her children or her instruments, referring to the instruments of the first will. And so that's really all before we start getting into like really seeing the instruments as a named group, as the instruments of the first will. So this is probably a really good time to take our break um, and then come back in and finish out their history and then talk about their beliefs and call it a day. Uh, before we go to the break, I have a quick question. So you're saying like in what year they become a group? Whether they become a group, I have no idea. But when we first see them as a named group, mm -hmm. it's after Black Flag. Gotcha. In the Black Flag timeline, not the modern day timeline. In the modern day timeline. So so like in 2013. Yes, sometime after that. I'm not real caught up on the comics of when they're actually introduced as the instruments of the first will. But so these are there. This is a really new group then. Potentially, but like we went through, they could go back all the way to, sure. it could go back all the way to Alfred. Mm -hmm. It goes back at least to uh, 1916 because right. they're neither assassins or Templars that are working for this. Gotcha. All right, well, let's go to the break. All right. Makose! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! Malaka! Even now, faced as I am with the truth of your cold words, I refuse, because I believe things can still change. I may never succeed, the assassins may struggle another thousand years in vain, but we will not stop. Welcome to the break. This is the middle of the show where we talk about all the things that have to do with the day-to-day, uh, -day, the admin, the not lore of the Assassin's Creed lore cast. So number one, the first thing I want to do is shout out our mentor tier, uh, mentor tier assassin patron, Keith R. Thank you so much for being our patron. And um, I also want to tell you that the best way that you can support us is to support us on Patreon. Patreon. 
And if you support us at the Master Assassin tier or higher, which is the $20 tier, you can come on the show um, as one of your benefits, which is pretty exciting. And all of the patrons get to kind of pick, uh, choose a poll and decide on what they want the topic to be for that month. So it's all chosen by the patrons and you can be one of them. And we would love it if you became one of our patrons and joined us on the show. The second best way to support us is to leave us a rating or a review. We're trying to get to like 150 ratings on Spotify. So if you leave us a five-star rating and send us some words, we will read it out on the show. And today I do have a review and this one is from Apple Podcasts. So you can leave us a review on Apple as well, even if you don't listen over there. And this review comes from Cash Collins, also known as Colkashins in the Discord. And he says, Shelby and Austin are amazing. Five stars. I listen to every podcast the Cups host. And let me tell y'all, I was so excited to start listening to the Assassin's Creed lore cast. I honestly kind of fell off of playing the AC games, but I started listening to the ACL because the Cups are fantastic. And they inspired me to give the games another try. Austin is so informative and well-versed in the lore, and I appreciate Shelby so much as someone getting more invested in these games because I'm approaching it from a similar position. Seriously, you won't regret giving this podcast a listen, and you should also join their Discord, which is equally great. Thank you so much, Cash, for your awesome review, and just to reiterate what Cash said, you should definitely come join our Discord. It's seriously my favorite place on the internet, and that's our personal Discord, which is the Cups Podcast and more server it's the official home of all of our shows and it's a great place to hang out on the other hand you can also join the robots radio discord if you're looking for more shows there's literally a show or sometimes multiple shows about every video game series in existence so if you're looking for a new podcast definitely definitely go check out the robots radio discord server and I think that that's all I've got to share, Austin, unless I am forgetting something. And I know I was really nice to you, but actually I'm just another Templar plot twist. And yes, I would like very much for you to be controlled by a magic space wizard so that you can murder me. I am not a father anymore. I am not a husband. I am not a Magi. I am a heathen one. Yes. We are the hidden ones. All right, so we're going into what we know as act, what we know as identified history of the instruments of the first will, as a group that is named the instruments of the first will. Now, I want to preface this. One of the great things about the comics is that they introduce a lot of protagonists and main characters that are outside of the American European nationalities. That being said, their names are very difficult to pronounce. I am have committed to trying my best. I have practiced a little bit, but if I butcher it, I apologize to those people of those nationalities. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So the first thing that the instruments of the first will really appear in is the hunt for the Shroud of Eden, which this takes place mainly in the game for Assassin's Creed Syndicate, though there are some comic stories that follow it as well. So Master Templar Alvaro Gramatica sought to acquire the Shroud of Eden in 2015. Otto Berg and Violet DaCosta 
end up, who are Templars, end up acquiring it in Buckingham Palace's vault. So similar to the vault that is under the Vatican, there is a vault under Buckingham Palace in England. Which I think is really interesting that the Templars have been sitting on this vault forever because they've held England forever. But is the current royal family, like, I guess not current anymore, but was Queen Elizabeth and her father, were they Templars? Are they, like, a, down with the Templar goals? I have to look that up, but I'm not quite sure about... I believe Henry VIII definitely is a Templar. Well, I mean, that tracks, but that was also quite a few hundred years ago. Oh, right. Well, I thought you meant Queen Elizabeth I, not Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, um, no, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the modern timeline in this. No, so this... 2015. Right. Um, so the Buckingham Palace, we it, we discover in Victorian England in, a, in the Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And when they discover that, DaCosta and Otto Berg go in the modern day timeline. So I guess, I don't know if Elizabeth II or George VI were Templars or not. I can't about, remember. And what about Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria is a friend of the assassins. That's right. We've talked about that. So this, which, you know, I think that her and Prince Albert probably would have gelled well with the assassins anyway. But so this is the kicker. After they acquire the shroud after a fight with Rebecca Crane, Sean Hastings, and another assassin, they bring it back to Grammaticia at his lab and they hand it to that. And Violet DaCosta turns to inform Juno that Abstergo now has the sh shroud, revealing her to be one of the instruments. And she says that Abstergo has the shroud and Juno basically says, good, now I'll have a body. And DaCosta's like, I'm concerned what this will do. And Juno's basically like, trust me, I'm gonna save the world, whatever. Spoiler alert, she's not saving the world. Well, in her mind, not for any of us. Yeah. So after this, there comes some tension between the instruments of the first will and the assassin's order. Because at this point, the instruments bring about and try basically co-op the Project Phoenix project, which is Abstergo's project to recreate an Isu that they think they can control. And so they co-op that. Well, the assassins... 100% are like, Project Phoenix, destroy it, burn it with fire, send it to hell and back. Which tracks for the assassin. And so the instruments and the assassins begin to fight against that. So in 2017, Josip Dami, who is a def who defected from the assassins to the instruments of the first will, uh, and he's disillusioned by the methods of both groups. He even says to Bishop, who's another leader of the assassin cells, that he doesn't like that she's using initiates, which are like everyday people that the assassins contact, to further their goals. And so he defects and joins the instruments. 
He ambushes an assassin's cell in Hong Kong as they attempt to sabotage the Phoenix Project. All of the assassins die except for assassin Charlotte de la Cruz, which note that name because she's going to come up later in the storyline. Uh, so the assassins and Dami continue to fight and he's eventually wounded by the assassin Kiyoshi Takamura, who is a member of Layla's cell. He's not a member at this moment, but he is one later on. So he wounds Dami and he like falls off a, a uh, window cleaners, like one of those things that move up and down skyscrapers. You know what I'm talking about? Is there like a name for that? I'm sure there is, but I don't remember it. So he like falls off one of those and assumed is dead. So that's really all that we get with them pursuing the assassins for now. However, the Templars have not been blind to the work of the instruments. So Otto Berg, who is like this big assassin hunter, and by assassin hunter, I mean a Templar who specializes in hunting assassins. He begins to suspect that there's a hidden cell within the Templars. Now he believes that this cell belongs to the assassins. His search leads him to adopt this mantle of the Black Cross, which is just intimidating in and of itself. And he eventually tracks Heinrich Hart to Berlin. So after their struggle, Berg discovers that Hart is not an assassin and claims that he is her instrument. And after that, he performs a suicide bombing that ends up killing seven, 170 people in the explosion. Um, Otto Berg survives because if you've played the games or read the comics, Otto Berg is annoying and will not die. So he survives. And this leads to him teaming up with master assassin Michelle Lemar, who they join forces to track down the instruments. And so I want to pause and take note here. This is another, this is one of the few instances where we see assassins and Templars working together to accomplish a goal. There are only other two other times that I can think of right now that this has actually happened, which is Connor and Haytham and Arno and Elise de la Cruz. And I mean, the Templars in revolutionary France, them and the assassins have a truce, but that doesn't last very long. So we have the Templars and assassins working together to track down the instruments. Basically what Lemar and Berg realize is that there are resources, personnel, and like finances that are bleeding from both organizations to this instrument, to the instrument. So the instruments have infiltrated both organizations and are pulling from both of them to accomplish their own goal. So that's, I mean, that is really significant though, that they're both working together in this way. Yes, especially since Otto Berg, and you'll learn this when you meet him pretty soon, he is notorious for his hate of the Assassin Brotherhood. Like, views, views them as the scourge of the earth. I want to ask why, but I'm sure we'll get there either in the show or in my playthrough, so I will refrain. <laughs> he deserves his own kind of deep dive, so we'll definitely get into him 
by himself. So during their investigation, they end up being ambushed by the instruments. In this fight, Burke knocks out Lamar and kills five of the instruments who are attacking him with his bare hands before falling unconscious. And so after this, uh, Demai, who has miraculously survived his fall and his wounds from Kiyoshi, told Berg, basically apprehends Berg and tells him to stop his investigation or he would kill Berg's daughter. He then throws Otto Berg off a guardrail. And before you ask, no, he does not die. Well, I mean, it wouldn't really make much sense for the person to say like, oh, stop your investigation or I'll kill your daughter and then kill the person. Right. Like that logically doesn't add up. So the last little thing is that a hacker who is a member of a group of hackers that's secretly trying to stop Abstergo, they're outside of the assassins, but they're working against Abstergo industry, uh, attempts to kill Charlotte de la Cruz. They are stopped by Galeana Vorina who interrogates them and learns that they're an instrument of the first will, but he gives up nothing before he ends up dying. And then that's the trail for the assassins kind of goes cold there. So we're gonna back into the instruments headquarters where Dumai and DaCosta, Violet DaCosta, argue over Dumai's treatment of Otto Berg. Now, Violet DaCosta, is Otto Berg's partner in the Templar Order. She follows him everywhere. She works with him. They're close friends. She knows a lot about him. She's very upset about how he is treated and basically says that Berg would be a potential ally that they need to recruit into the instruments. Dumite states that DeCosta does not have the right to, to decide who can join the instruments and that right only belongs to Juno. And he does this big speech where he says, only Juno decides those of us who will see Eden. I mean, that makes sense if they're an ESU supremacy group, you know, that want humans to be subservient. Right. Of course, humans wouldn't get to decide who joins this group. Exactly. But also, of course, she would want Otto Berg to, to join the group because he's such a renowned Templar and assassin hunter. Right. So Juno then appears to them from the gray or wherever she is and claims she needs the Coney Nor from De La Cruz. And she also tells them that they need to use Elijah, Desmond's son, uh, to track down the lab where the Project Phoenix is uh, closing, close to finishing an Isu body. So this is the introduction we get to Elijah, who is Desmond's son, and an Isu sage. So basically, this is where we get to where we talked about last week, kind of that Juno resurrection day that was happening. And so Elijah and the instruments and the assassin, Charlotte de la Cruz, they're all brought to the lab where Juno's body is being created with the shroud. And they have, Elijah's basically playing them because he wants revenge for the death of his mother. And through 
a lot of fighting and back and forth. Eventually, Juno is resurrected. However, she is distracted by the conscious of Consus, who basically taunts her into that she will never succeed. And in Juno's arrogance, she's basically pontificating to him about how she's going to win and all of this stuff is going to happen. Well, while she's distracted, Charlotte de la Cruz kills the body that Juno is holding in having. Seeing this, Otto Berg activates an explosion that blows up the facility, destroying the shroud, destroying Juno's body. And that's really the last we have seen of the instruments of the first will, other than Sean Hastings' note in Valhalla, comparing them to successors of the Order of Ancient. So Berg and De La Cruz, they're really the ones that destroyed this group and Juno. Yes. And Elijah, Elijah Miles or whatever last name he uses. Yeah. Which, as far as we know, Elijah Miles is alive. Otto Berg makes an appearance later on in the games after this. I cannot remember if Charlotte de la Cruz is alive or not either. But just real briefly, before we end, let's get into some of their beliefs. And then we'll just kind of talk about some known members, too. Okay, so the instruments are a theistic group, unlike the assassins and Templars. So this is pretty significant, but because both the assassins and Templars are either A, agnostic, or straight up atheist, or the Templars are somewhat deist in a lot of ways. They believe that the Isu, primarily Juno, will bring about a new world order in which humanity will live happily under her rule. And while they seem to focus on Juno, it is believed that they want to resurrect the other Isu as well. And so I want to pause here because for being such a like sneaky group and a secretive group that is so like able to infiltrate two top-notch secret organizations and fly under the radar, they're not doing their research. And they're also not being very secretive. Right. And so particularly they're not doing their research because they would know that if they resurrected other Isu, they did not side with Juno. And they would also know that they couldn't resurrect Isu because the Shroud doesn't do that. The only reason the Shroud is working on Juno is because Juno's consciousness is still alive. So it's not really a fully full resurrection. Right. If you really think about, if you remember from our Shroud episode, despite the myth surrounding it, it does not have the power of resurrection. It can only bring back something that is close to death, not something that has crossed that threshold. Right. Um, and so while they venerate the Isu, they are after pieces of Eden, but they're only after pieces of Eden that Juno dictates for them to be after or that pieces they think would please Juno in some way. So they mainly focus on the Shroud and the Koninoor because Juno 
told them to get those, but they're not, they're not concerned with the apple. They're not concerned with the sword. They're not concerned with all of these different pieces of Eden. And then lastly, they believe that in death, they will join Juno in the gray. So can you tell us a little bit more about what this gray really is? It's like this in-between, in the interweb, like it's like this section of the internet that Juno's consciousness lies. So I'm not really convinced like the like mechanics of how they would get there. Um, but that's what they believe. Interesting. So after, just a quick question, after learning about their history and a little bit about their beliefs, do you agree even more or less with Sean Hastings assessment? I don't know. I kind of feel like it's yes and no. Like in some ways I do very much agree with him, but in other ways I, I don't because it's like, this is a group that's only concerned with one issue specifically. They're not concerned with bringing really, I know they, they, they have said, um, or that you, you've told us that they, it's believed that they want to resurrect other issue as well, but it's not like they want to bring all of the Isu back, at least for me. Like they're primarily concerned with Juno specifically. And so to me, that that makes it a little bit less um, of a straight line parallel from the Order of Ancients. However, at the same time, I think because the Templars have so revoked any worship of the Isu, it, it draws more parallels between the instruments of the first will and the order of ancients. Mm, very much so, very much so. Uh, I do think that this will be an interesting take because, especially if Juno is still around, because we assume that she's dead because of what happened and her going into that body, but it's Juno. She survived the great catastrophe. It's like Palpatine, you know, somehow right. she'll return. Right. But it's interesting because what we know is that Basm, Loki, and Aletheia are on opposite sides than Juno. And what about Odin? Odin is just kind of like his own thing going on, really. And maybe we'll get a little more to his kind of story in this last chapter of Valhalla. And maybe a little more in Mirage, since Loki and Odin in this storyline are so intertwined with each other. But, so it'll be interesting how Basm being, not like Juno, who has this consciousness, Basm is a sage. So it is Loki in the flesh, in the modern day timeline. And his last, his last word is that he wants to meet with William Miles to take the fight to the Templars. That's very interesting. Yeah, so I'm very curious about what is going to happen there. And there's a lot of in, ending threads of Valhalla. Like, and I talk a lot of crap about Valhalla a lot, but I will say this, it its ending really sets up something that could be very, very interesting going forward 
in the storyline, if you're really paying attention to the storyline that's happening there. Any other thoughts? No? All right, well, so, so known members are Juno, obviously, as their leader, which is, this is a point, like, they don't have a leader because their leader is Juno. The master spy, who is a potential sage, not confirmed, but potential, uh, Galusia Acosta and Rufus Grisvor, who are both around during the First World War, Violet DaCosta, Jacip Demai, Heinrich Hart, Grunacia Manio, and John Standish, who is also a sage, and potentially Elijah, who is also a sage. So we know of three, two, three potential sages that have been associated with this group. Very interesting. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely, as we continue on your playthroughs, we'll have to get kind of your thoughts and you have to keep your eye out to see if you see any hidden little Easter eggs that we can't find that we haven't found yet. Yeah, okay, I will. But that's all I got. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on Discord in the Robots Radio Discord or our personal Discord server. Both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening, and always stay to the shadows to serve the light, Assassins. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.